Are you thinking about implementing your own smart home? Not sure of what you want to control or how to start? Do you want your smart home to respond to your voice like it does in the movies or television? Well, you found the right podcast, Tech Bytes with Ron Netter. As a best-selling author, speaker, and YouTuber, he will help you explore the different options available. And now, here's your host, Ron. Do you want to protect your PFSense device from power surges? Do you need to keep it running during a power outage? Well, stay tuned, and I'm going to show you how to do this without breaking the bank. Welcome to another edition of Tech Bytes with Ron Nutter, your home for all things relating to smart home technology. In this episode, we're going to talk about protecting your PFSense device with a UPS. Hi, I'm Ron Nutter, and we're going to be working on this together. This content is also available as an Amazon Flash Briefing or podcast. Please go to techbytes.withronnutter.com for more information. For any items mentioned in this episode, there are affiliate links in the description. If you click on these links, I will get a small commission, but that won't affect the price you pay for the item. If you want to get notified when new content is uploaded, please click on subscribe and enable notifications. Now, here's what we're going to be talking about in this video, and that's how to protect your PFSense device with a UPS. First, we're going to talk about why you need a UPS how to get the right size UPS for you, and then configuring PFSense to use the UPS. Now you may need a UPS more than you think you do. It can protect from power surges. Okay, I know a surge suppressor can do that one, but surge suppressors are not exactly foolproof. UPS kind of takes it to the next level because if too much power comes in, it can revert over to battery at that point, further isolating what's going on or have other ways of controlling the higher power but more importantly if you have a voltage sag which sometimes i see just before i lose power but on the other hand sometimes it just sags because the power company is having problems delivering enough power the way you would expect them to so there's both sides why you need a ups you don't want power going off and on to a device because over time that's going to cause damage damage that may not show up right away i've had devices take weeks or months to start showing signs they've been damaged so it's a matter of do you want to spend a little more money now to put a ups in front of it because the one of the things you have to think about with ups is about every two to three years you need to replace the battery normally the ups will tell you when it needs the battery replaced depending on the model that's something to think about again it's a matter of do you want to spend a little bit of money now or potentially a lot more later because it may be it's whatever devices are not plugged into a ups that may take damage. Something that kind of can be a little confusing is to how to properly size a UPS. But don't let that concern you because it really is not that hard. On the back of any device that plugs into a wall or a wall wart, you will see a value on there that says watts. You will see, well, let's switch over here. I'm going to show you something else. This is one of the APCs that I've got. And there are brands you can use other than APC, but you will see it says 1500 volt amps or 900 watts. Well, unless you're very versed with dealing with power situation, volt amps may be a little confusing, but normally all devices always have a watt figure on the back. So in this case, that's the max that this particular model can handle, which is 900 watts. Okay, that's fine. The thing to remember with UPS is the higher the load or more work you're making the UPS do, the shorter the runtime is. Keep in mind with all devices, what you're going to see when they list a watt usage, that's its max usage. But in a way, it's a good that we're using that particular value to calculate it because you're actually going to build in a buffer so that you're not overloading your UPS or putting max load on it nearly as quick as keep in mind. 
the lower the load, the longer the runtime. So you'll have to balance that with how long your average power outage is. And keep in mind, UPSs are not meant to last forever. IBM had a very good example uh, when I was in one of their regional dinner centers several years ago. They had an exterior building that was nothing but batteries. All that did was give them enough time to power up the generators they had, which gave them just enough time to shut everything down because it, due to the size of that building, it would have been a massive undertaking to try to keep it running for an extended period of time. Now, we're not in that same situation, but keep that in mind. It's If you're looking for 15, 30 minutes, we'll pick a number hour maybe at the outside. Okay, that, that's very doable. When you start going beyond that one, you will have to start thinking about either getting some sort of backup generator, uh, tying it into your house electrical panel. It gets into a whole nother situation that you may not want to think about. Now, if you're, you lose power for hours or days at a time, well, that you're in a different situation. And you've got to think about some sort of secondary or tertiary power system, whether it's a generator or solar, what have you. But keep in mind the just the, you know, we're looking at this as for two things. Number one, to stop any power surges or sags from damaging equipment and to keep the equipment from having to shut down and go back up once power restarts. Now, what the UPS service will do on PFSense is PFSense will detect when it's on bat when the UPS is kicked in and it's on battery power. Once the UPS gets to a certain level, it will signal to PFSense and the other devices that are configured to support that that hey I'm about to lose power, you need to shut down. So they can do a controlled shutdown. That way you avoid any chance, or at least as much as you can, corruption in files, corruption in logs, that kind of thing. It's better to do a controlled shutdown and then turn off the power. Now, one of the things you'll need to get some experience with, and this is a good time to do it, is getting into your PFSense box on a command line basis because there's a command we need to run to make sure that PFSense sees the UPS attached to it because we try to configure the service and it doesn't see the UPS. Well, we've got a whole nother problem. So let's go in here and we'll go to system advanced and we'll scroll down the page here and we see secure shell. So we want to click enable because by default it's turned off. You can use an alternate port, but it, it, for now we can just get it started to work with it from that standpoint. You can do public key only, require public and password or password or public. So we're just gonna leave it on this because you can really get sophisticated with PFSense, but we're just trying to get things up and running. Once you do that, you'll click on save. Then it will have to set up a service and that won't take that long. Then we'll go over here and I've already got a session established. Make sure I don't have, okay, I closed out the other one. All right, so we will give it the IP address of PFSense and we'll tell it to open. And I'm gonna go change settings to make it a little easier to deal with appearance there we go i don't change the fonts that much so we'll say 18 just to make it easy to work with apply so you'll just log in with admin and then pfsense so now we're into the interface so what we want to do is select shell then we'll do usb config and this is what it currently sees connected to it or at least it's seeing from a usb perspective and it's important to see this because if you 
Once we plug in the UPS here in just a moment, we should see a separate line show up and exactly how it's gonna show up is gonna depend on the UPS you're using, the system you're running PFSense on. I think you kind of see the picture where this is going, but at least this gives you a known benchmark to start with so that when you do plug it in and you don't see it, you, you know at a low level that there's another issue you need to look at instead of running around and looking at what you may have to change in PFSense. Now that we've covered the basics on what you need to have ready when you go do this, let's go ahead and get the UPS service loaded on PFSense. There are two ways that you can do this with, and we'll go into System Package Manager. And Package Manager is your friend. This is where you can really add the functionality. So we'll click to Available Packages, and we'll type UPS and search. There are two different options. There's NUT and then there's APCU, if I can say this correctly, APC UPSD. This is the one we're gonna go with. Both are fine depending on the UPS you have. If you're especially using a non-APC, then you'll need to look at using NUT. And we'll click confirm, take it just a second here, and then it'll lead us right into the installation screen. Okay, so it says success. Okay, it didn't take us into the instant screen, so that's fine. We can fix that. We'll go services, APC, UPSD. You'll want to make sure that you check that box. You can enter in whatever name you want to. It's, it's, it, from what I have seen on this so far, this is a locally significant name. It's not going to get passed around the network. Your cable type. The setup that we're using is the USB to serial cable. And it has a USB Type A on one end, and then it has an RG45 wired to where it plugs back into the rear of the UPS. There is a cable that should come with your UPS. If not, there's several third-party cables that should be just fine. If for some reason we have a problem detecting the UPS, then you can look at trying one of these other cable names. Sometimes that may make a difference, and it may not. And then UPS type, we'll just put UPS, I mean, we'll just put USB, I'm sorry, I keep mixing the two we'll put usb here and we just leave blank on device type don't have to worry about that and i'm going to leave all these settings alone now net information server this has some significance maybe not right away but if you want to have more than one device triggered to shut down when the ups starts to have battery fail this is where nis comes into the mix so you turn it on you may need to give it its own address or you may need to just use the address of the system that it's running on. This is where you'll just kind of have to, to experiment with that one. Most times you should be able to use the IP address of the system that's on. And in the case of PFSense, we would point it to the, the LAN address. Port number is also significant. You can probably leave this the way it is. You'll just need to tell the system, like if it's unrate or whatever, the IP address and the port number to talk to. And that way you can get the benefits of being on a UPS and don't have to worry about having a special cable splitting system to be able to talk to all of them. So really it's, it's pretty straightforward. They're going to be, this is going to be a standalone and we're going to have it disabled because we're not using a special card. And this is kind of what I was mentioning earlier when I mentioned a cable splitting deal. It's, it's the, your higher end APCs that do that. The card's going to be some money, but if you're in that level then that's not going to be a problem we're not going to worry about being able to trigger uh, alerts at this point so we'll click on save should take it just a second here 
Now we can go to status and this will tell us what it thinks is going on. And this is now this is a text output here. What we should see is it says online, fine, standalone, just walk through the process, no alarm. This is the last time it triggered. So everything appears to be good. Yeah, status online gives us our voltage. So that that's you know that's okay. One thing you will want to do is set up the APC USD widget on your status board, your dashboard. So we'll click the plus sign back here, and then we will click on APC UPSD, and it'll take it just a second to come up because it's got to go talk to it. And you can drag this anywhere you want to. Now it's a good sign here when it says online with nothing beside of it says low battery voltage that says the battery's not fully charged yet or you may have a problem with the battery and this should show you your state of charge don't always bank on the time remaining because the capacity i've got on the ups is versus the load i got plugged in i know i should have more than nine minutes so that's i mean it's it's a good benchmark but don't don't let that consume you and you can move this up so if you want this higher that's not a problem. Now, if you have any error messages, like it says low battery voltage, and yet the UPS, when you go to the front panel, shows that it has full charge, then you may need to do some troubleshooting. It could be something as simple as using a different USB to serial cable. There's not that much in the cable. Well, let's face it, sometimes the third-party cables may not have the signaling that's needed, even though they say they do. Another thing to look at, if we go services, I keep wanting to go to status, and on, on the UPS you don't go to status. Service, APC USD, okay, this is, okay, for some reason it's triggering that error and I don't know why, but it worked. Go through here, and in, like I mentioned earlier, go the to the different cable options. That may or may not make a difference. UPS type, you're not gonna change because you're talking to it over USB. Another good thing to look about doing is part of your testing should be pull the wall plug on the UPS and make sure that it stays up and that your PFSense and the other devices that are talking to the UPS, if they're using the net information server, that is, understand that the UPS is kicked in and you should get a series of messages as it gets closer to battery exhaustion. It will The UPS will force a power down of everything several minutes before the battery is exhausted because you don't want to exhaust the batteries. If you see an immediate power down of the UPS, that's a good indication that you've got a battery that needs to be replaced. I mean, that's a starter. If it keeps doing it after you replace the battery, then you've probably got an electronics problem in the UPS and you may need to reach out to APC or possibly replace the UPS. You can also try, like I said, another cable, but that's a process to, to go through. And as you deal with this, if it keeps changing status or if it, ta or if it has, it seems like it takes forever to charge the battery, then that's a good indication you may have an electronics problem. Either that if you've got low voltage, which if you're seeing here, the line voltage is good. That's not a problem. But if it seems like it's taking forever to charge the battery, and normally with a battery fully depleted, about a day for the, for the type of UPS that we're using here to get it fully recharged, it just depends on how deep the battery has been exhausted and how old the battery is. The older the battery is, the longer it's going to take for it to, to recharge and the faster it may go 
to depletion. But this is a handy thing to have on the firewall because that keeps it up. So as soon as your network, so as soon as your internet connection comes back up, then it's already ready to go and it's already protecting everything behind it. So it's a good reason to have, especially in certain times of year, to have a UPS to protect critical things such as your firewall and anything that you really don't want going up and down because of power outages or surges. Just keep in mind, it's not going to last forever. You're, you're the size of your UPS for as the capacity of the battery is going to dictate how long the UPS stays up before it shuts things down. So at best, maybe figure 10 to 15 minutes that you want to have before it starts shutting things down. If you are having frequent power outages that last more than a few seconds or a few minutes, you may need to think about a bigger UPS or have a conversation with your power company to figure out what the problem is, because that's not something that should be happening a whole lot, unless you're in an area that has a lot of storm issues or has other you know, facility type problems. But anyway, this will get you up and running and one more way to protect what you've got and keeps you from having flash scrambled on the firewall or data scrambled on the devices, possibly rendering them not being able to boot. If you're watching this on YouTube, you will see videos on the screen that are similar to the one you've just watched or other content that YouTube thinks you might be interested in. If this video helps you or provides value, please click on that like button, thumbs up. If you haven't already subscribed to the channel, please click on subscribe now and enable notifications. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the Tech Bites with Ron Nutter podcast. If you know someone who's interested in creating their own smart home, please share this show with them. Please subscribe on iTunes or Google Podcasts and leave us a review. Have questions? Contact Ron at questions at techbyteswithronnutter.com. He looks forward to sharing more incredible insights on the next episode.